Fan Junkies Radio is brought to you by FanJunkies.net, where sports meets social networking. Gentlemen, and welcome to another episode of Fan Junkies Radio. I am your host, Jonathan Ragnus. Uh, right beside me, Mike McShane. Mike, what's up, pal? Yes, sir. How are we doing today? Doing good, man. I'm actually in the middle of having a coughing fit. So, <laughs> Oh, you want me to take over for a while? Oh, no, I'm good now, man. <laughs> yeah, I, I actually got my last name wrong because I was just about to cough. How you like that, man? <laughs> what a long weekend. Let me yeah, tell I was you. I going to say, well, you know, it's Monday, so we'll just, oh, we'll just man, pull yeah, it back. It's, it's, it's Monday. Yeah, I, I'm... I'm on fumes right now, Mike. Yeah, I hear you. <laughs> I'm on fumes. But anyway, it's a beautiful day. We're in the 70s, going into the 80s this week. It's incredible. It's almost, time. It's almost hot. <laughs> you know what? It, it feels like it's like it's been so many years since we had weather like this. I know. You're absolutely right. <laughs> it's scary. It's scary. But all right, Mike, we uh, we, we actually have a lot of things to uh, talk about today. So full agenda. full agenda here. Let's jump right into it. Hat trick picks. We're now tied 4-4. We both got a hat trick on Friday. Yes, we did. We, like we said, we either swim together or we sink together. And uh, it seems that we swim together more often than not. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, so let's jump right into it. Uh, first uh, question today, will David Krejci of the Boston Bruins have an assist against the Carolina Hurricanes tonight? Good scorer and great point guy, but I'm going to say no. I'm going no as well. Which team will win between my hot New York Rangers against the Toronto Maple Leafs? Yeah, uh, this is a home game for Toronto. Um, I, I agree with you. Your Rangers are warming up at the right time. I'm going to go Toronto. I'm going with the NYR. Man, they look good. I got to tell you, man, I love those moves they made. Uh, which team will win? Uh, which team will win tonight between the Anaheim Ducks and the Edmonton Oilers, Mike? Yeah, that's a no-brainer. It's the Ducks. Yep, Ducks as well. So we're uh, all right. So where we differ? Uh, we differ on the second one, do we? Yes, I have the uh, Rangers, and you have the Maple Leafs. Maple Leafs, yes. Okay, so there, there, there we go. All right, I got it. You're a Canadian at heart, Mike. Uh, well, yeah, I like the ransom. Let's put it that way. <laughs> all right, Mike. Today in sports. Well, you know, there's been a lot of talk, a lot of hype about uh, the movie 42. Um, when did it come out? Did it come out today, or is it coming out? Did it come out last week? Um, I think it might be today, but I could be might wrong. might be today, yeah. Anyhow, uh, I thought I would go back to 1974 for another kind of momentous uh, occasion. Boy, do I remember this one really, really well. Uh, Hank Aaron hit his 715th home run to break Babe Ruth's home run record. Wow. I remember that. It, it was incredible. It, it was being it actually, Jonathan. It was broadcast on. I, I they stopped. You know whether you whether you had the game or not. They 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 were broadcasting it, uh, in whatever market you were in, you could get that. That's the way it should be, man. Yep, it was it was it tremendous, be. really tremendous. That's the way it should be. And everybody, of course, was sitting in anticipation, but of course, you didn't know whether it was actually going to happen or not. But mm-hmm. uh, it really really cool cool event. So. 1974 that occurred, folks. Let me ask you, Mike. Does it feel like that was just yesterday? It does. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I you, because listen, man. When the, you know what? When I looked at it, and our baseball movie winner, The Sandlot, from last week, and I saw that it was the 20th anniversary, I said, "Didn't I just go see that in the movies a couple uh, there of years ago?" There you go. There you go. 
scary. It starts to make you feel old, doesn't it, man? Yeah, it uh, it sucks, man. So I know how you feel, man. <laughs> All right, let's go into a little bit of uh, MLB here, a little bit of an update, and let's just go down the standings here. Over in the American League East, it's led by the Boston Red Sox with a record of 4-2. to two. In the Central, we got a tie there between the Minnesota Twins and the Chicago White Sox, both 4-2. and two. In the West, Oakland, 5-2, and two, but the Angels at 2-4. and four. Mike, a little bit of, well, I wouldn't say a little bit of a disappointment, but they're not looking as good as people thought they would right off the get-go. Uh, yeah, I would agree there. That's yeah. uh, a little bit of that of of all the things that we're looking at right now in the American League. I would say that that would be the one that would jump out to me probably the most. That Jonathan and the fact that Toronto uh, is two and four as well. That yes, as well. And R. A. Dickey now zero and two with an eight point four four ERA. Mm-hmm. Um, right away making Sandy Olson look like a damn genius. So yep, yep. Uh, let's go over to the National League. Surprise here, Atlanta five and one with the Mets right there behind them four and two. Mets look really, really good this year, Mike. But I'm a little bit surprised by that. Yeah, I didn't yeah. expect them. Uh, although I think they benefited from a fairly uh, comfortable schedule on the front. Yeah, end. I mean you got the Padres and you got the Marlins, but even as a good team, those were the teams that the Mets always lost to. Yeah, yeah. So you know what? If they could turn it around and start to play better against poor teams, that could be a real difference maker in their record this year, Mike. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um. Looking real good. Tonight is a big matchup between the Phillies and the Mets. Roy Holiday versus Matt Harvey. Matt Harvey has looked great in his start already for the Mets. Uh, looks like an ace of a staff. Mike, Roy Holiday, what's going on with him, man? Yeah, well, you know, I was talking about it the other day, and, uh, you know, I brought it up with uh, Jim, actually, on, on Thursday. There's there's great concern there. Uh, I mean, when you take a look at the numbers from the first outing that he had, I mean, uh, five earned runs. Six runs scored, five of them earned, three base on balls, uh, but nine strikeouts in three and one-third inning. Yeah. You know, I, I said to Jim, what's wrong with this picture? And I, I, I said, picture, not pitcher. I, I, you know, it's very, very concerning for Phil's fans. Um, it just appears at this particular time that, you know, we're, we're looking at a different Roy Halladay. He doesn't, have, he doesn't have that speed stuff that he had before. He doesn't have the hard, the hard uh, fastball. No. And and we're we're probably experiencing a situation where he's trying to refine himself and kind of recreate himself and we're going to have to go through that with him. Yeah. Well, you know? it's the velocity is definitely not there, but I think what the bigger issue Mike is not only is the velocity not there, a pitcher can work through that with their velocity dropping, his location isn't there. Well, that's been right, exactly. Uh that's the other that's the other issue. Uh, there are some however that feel, you know, some analysts have looked at it and said this is also part of that whole situation of him just finding what's going to work for himself. Once he does, that whole location issue should correct itself. But we'll have to, you know, look, look, Jonathan, it's as big a question mark. I, I can't answer it. I don't know. Yeah, tough, real tough. Um, out in the central, the Cincinnati Reds, who I picked to go to the World Series this year, Mike, uh, leading four two. Uh, St. Louis right behind them, three and three. Uh, Pittsburgh one and five, starting the season off real, real slow. Well, would you expect anything less? Um, I expect them to be uh, better than Milwaukee and Chicago in this uh, in, in this uh, division here, but I'm not I'm not expecting that. Uh, but go ahead. <laughs> Out in the West, though, Arizona, Colorado tied with five and one records apiece. Look at look at look at San Fran. Yeah, three and three, three and three. It's very very early, man. Yeah, well, it is. You know, like I said, you change. could go. Uh, you know what? You could go zero and twenty and uh, really turn it around in baseball. So it's all going to change. You Just got running, that one. Uh, everybody. Yeah, a little bit of an update for everybody. Uh, a couple of uh, 
good games on, on, on the matchups tonight, Mark. Uh, out in the American League, you got the Orioles and Red Sox. Uh, Orioles and Red Sox, excuse me. The Yankees and Indians. Uh, the Rays and Rangers out in the National League. You got the Mets and Phillies. That's going to be a very, very important one for your Phillies, Mike. Mm-hmm. Uh, Reds and Cardinals. Uh, Braves and Marlins, only to see if the Braves can uh, go to 6-1. and one. Uh, If they keep playing like that, they should. And uh, an important game for the Pirates against the uh, Diamondbacks as well. So. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> but let's talk a little bit about the uh, Angels, Mike. And um, it has to do <clears throat> with Albert Pujols. Signed a 10-year, $254 million contract a couple of seasons ago. Uh, season before last, I believe. Actually, and, it was uh, beginning of last season. Beginning of last season, correct. Right. And, uh, you know, some interesting, interesting words coming out of uh, Albert Pujols. Uh, Very interesting. To uh, Mike D. Giovanna of the Los Angeles Times. And uh, I'll just read the quote. So, uh, beginning, he says, God has given me the ability and the talent but the day I feel like I cannot compete anymore on this level, I'm not going to embarrass myself. I am going to walk off. Whether that's next year, two years from now, only God knows. He's, I believe this is his second year of the 10-year deal now, Mike. Correct. He's going to walk off with anywhere between, wow, let's say eight and six years left on this deal. Well, now, okay, let's not jump the gun. It happens. Um, no, he's saying that he doesn't. He, he will walk away. But I'm saying if he walks away, he would walk away with that many years left on this big deal. Correct. If in fact, if in fact, you know, let's if we take him at his words here, that's exactly what you'd be talking about. My my question goes to something that's a little bit deeper. Why would you even make a statement like this? Yeah. I, I mean, that's what you know. Uh, is it? When somebody makes a statement like this, it indicates to me that it's in the back of their head. Yeah. They're, they're actually giving this some thought. And, and I don't understand why he would make a statement like that. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's, to me, it's a little odd. Uh, I, and I'm not quite sure what to make of it. I don't, I don't know why he said it. Um, not entirely sure, you know, entirely sure if, you, if that was asked of him or he just came out and says it, but... I don't know, man. He says his contract really isn't that important. So he would walk away if he uh, deemed himself not being able uh, to play baseball no more. Well, and, you know, and I appreciate that. I think that that's a very honest thing to say. But to couch it in such a way – see, here's, here's where here's – Well, especially where the, when a team has so much invested in you. You know well, what I mean? Here's where, here's where the whole quote gets a little bit obscure. Whether that's next year, two years from now, only God knows. Yes. Okay, wait a minute. Why did you use the why would you use the example of next year or two years from now? Why not say whether that's three years, four years, five years from now, you know, only God knows. You know, it, it almost it, 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 it's a very, very odd statement and it makes one to it makes one pause to think that perhaps maybe he's giving this some thought. Yeah, well, you know what? Not even that. He didn't even need to say anything about a timeline. All he needed to say was, Correct. I'm not sure when that will be. That's for God to decide. You know, for him to come up and say, that it could very well be next season, that's that's odd. Yeah, that, that's, actually, that's very, very odd. Yeah, that's where I'm going with it. Now, I, I mean, of course, we don't know what the question was that was posed to him. Yeah. I mean, you know, if the question is one that's posed to him that says something to the effect of uh, – uh, Hey, well, you know what? What, what happens, Albert, if if you start to see uh, that your productivity really drops? Yeah. You know what? What then? See, so if the, if the if the response here is in is in response to a question like that, okay, then his then his response 
is appropriate. Mm. Um, aside from that, I can't think of another question that would solicit or elicit this kind of a response. Especially after I think he had two home runs, right, this weekend? Uh, you got me. I, yeah. I, I don't I, know. I think it was in one game. I mean, I could be very, very wrong. Um, I, I, I could swear at the moment that I remember seeing that. Uh, yeah, actually, you know what? He hit two home runs and drew, and drew three intentional walks in Saturday's 8-4 win. So I was right. Um, you know, especially after that, why would you come out to say that after having such a phenomenal game? So. Yeah, and what was the date on this particular article? I don't, I'm, I'm just curious. Uh, this was today. What? Okay. Yeah. yeah, it's it's a it's a strange uh it's a strange comment to make. I I'd like to hear some comment from folks I guess in the LA Angel area and see what their response is to this kind of thing. Yeah. Would be uh a little little odd. Yeah, a little odd. If there's any uh you know uh, Angels fans out there, even Cardinals fans that want to uh you know let us know uh what you think Pujols is talking about. Give us a call, 347-237-5373. Well, there's one particular Cardinal fan who I'm sure I, I know very well who, if we, from, mother. if we hear from him, if we hear from him, <laughs> they're not, they're, you know, we're not going to get, we're not going to get an accurate assessment. Sidekick and sidekick's mom. we got to get him a call. It'd be nice to be joined by uh, <laughs> sidekick's mom. <laughs> um, she, is wonderful. she is wonderful. I uh, let me tell you, man. Had 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 a blast watching that. Uh, yeah, she is terrific. That episode, so you got to get her on again soon. Yeah, we will. <laughs> uh, let's talk about this now. Uh, Honus Wagner's baseball card. He sells for a record amount at auction. This is something we spoke about a couple of weeks ago, Mike. About this very uh, same auction where it was uh, sold. It sold for a whopping two point one million dollars to an unknown buyer. Right. Right. Let me ask you, Mike. If you had two point one million dollars to spend. You being a, a monster baseball fan and, and and just a huge sports fan overall, this is something in the you know and you collect things just like me. Um, this is like the holy grail of sports memorabilia collecting. That it is. If you had two point one million dollars, would you have bid on this card yesterday or uh, the weekend? I, yeah, can I tell? Honestly, this is going to sound a little odd. Yes, I would. Uh, this is different from any other type of collectible, in my opinion. Uh, as you just pointed out, uh, Jonathan, this is the holy grail. This is something that's always going to see its value increase somewhat, it seems. Correct. Correct. Instead, I mean, we're not uh, talking about – It only started off, I think, the uh, one of the biggest uh, records uh, for this card back in the uh, – just in the late 90s by itself was about five hundred grand. Yep. Uh, uh, you know, we're not talking about Kurt Schilling's bloody sock, okay? Yeah. Uh, this – Why did you take it out and wear it? Yeah, yeah, really. This is, uh, you know, we're talking about. I, I don't. I, you, you just said it. You summed it up. It's the holy grail of of of, uh, of baseball cards. Yeah. Um, you know, to 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 hold one, um, is unique unto itself. Uh, and if I'm not mistaken, that one was in in incredible condition, from what I read. Yeah. Uh, that was the other thing. Very, very good condition. Very good. So. Um, uh yeah I, I I mean I would I don't know what about you I you know what let me I, I mean I know how you feel about these sorts of things that you think it's overinflated at times and... there's very very different things this is the holy grail of sports memorabilia collecting number one if I had two point one million dollars to even offer on this card I, why not it's if I have it to offer exactly you know because the person who bought this I guarantee you they have a hell of a lot more than two point one million dollars exactly. I would absolutely no doubt about it. Would I ever resell it though? Is the question. 
I wouldn't. Yeah, you know, because these cards, man, it 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 changes hands. It it, it, it you know, first of all, I I would love to somehow get somebody from the uh, Honus Wagner family on with us to ask them what they think about this. You know, and uh, you know, number two, when I see something like this happen, I think to myself, wow, what the hell is you know, what's Honus Wagner thinking up above right now? You know, first of all, this card, you know, this card when it sold for five hundred thousand dollars, that's more than what he made in his in his, in his entire life, <laughs> let alone two point one million dollars. Right? Overall, this this card's probably sold for over ten million dollars. Probably, yeah. You're absolutely right. Now, here's the other thing. Here's the other thing I threw out there too as well, uh, which I, I I I dare anybody right now to tell me what kind of a player Honus Wagner was. I dare anybody to give me his numbers, his stats, anything about this guy. It's almost as if you say Honus Wagner, and everybody immediately elevates him to the level of, oh my God, prestige. Yeah. I don't. Can I tell you, Jonathan? I don't know the first damn thing about Honus Wagner. Uh, well, <laughs> he played, he played uh, 2,700 games, uh, almost a little uh, towards 2,800. He had 101 RBIs. Uh, excuse me, 101 home runs, 1,733 RBIs, 723 stolen bases, uh, 643 doubles. 252 triples. Uh-huh. Uh, you know, he's the Flying Dutchman. I mean, if you look at it, Ty Cobb uh, said it himself. Honus Wagner was probably the greatest player that he ever seen play of the game. So, you know, he was a phenomenal player. Uh, but then again, you know, uh, this is a guy that was playing in the late 1800s to about right. And the game was very, very different. And the game was very different. You know, even in 1917 when he was playing, he wasn't the Honus Wagner people saw with the Louisville uh, 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 Colonels. Right, right. Yeah, I, I just think it's, I just think it's funny. But you know, I hear you. There's, if I, if I had it, absolutely, would I go after it? Sure, I would. Yes, absolutely. Uh, just for the, just for the sake of saying, I've got it. Yeah. Uh, you know? Well, you know, let me tell you, man. I would love, love, love to somehow find, uh, you know, an ancestor of Honus Wagner to just, you know. Really talk to them about it. See, hey, you know what? What do you really know about Honus Wagner's career? Because a lot of people <laughs> that buy stuff don't. Exactly. That's that's the other thing that I think is just is kind of uh, almost comical yeah. about it. We could read books. We could read statistics. But he's he was so long ago that who knows if these books are even touching on actual facts. Exactly. You know, somebody H two O Willie in our chat room said he'd rather have a Mickey Mantle rookie mint rookie card. Well, I can understand that. People that actually saw him pay for one-tenth the price, he said. (laughs) It depends. What you're talking about there, though, is you're talking about the difference between uh, what you desire to have in your collection and what you you can own simply because you can own it. You understand (laughs) what I'm saying? See, the, the caveat to this, Jonathan, is exactly what you just said. If you've got, if you've got $2.1 million, well, then you've got a hell of a lot more than that. And so therefore, what does it matter? Exactly. Might as well give the $2.1 million in to own something that nobody else has and everybody wants. Yeah. What I would like to know is if the buyer who bought it is an actual baseball fan or if they bought it just because they have the money to invest in it. Or just a collector, correct. Exactly. That, right. That's what I would like to know. So, But I would venture a bet, as we just pointed out, whoever bought it didn't have a clue about any of Honus Wagner's numbers. Yeah, absolutely. I'm going to bet. Probably not. Because that's um, the case. Other items sold at Saturday's auction was a replica 2009 World Series ring for 50 grand and a signed Derek Jeter game used bat from the 2001 World Series for $37,000, Mike. Well, now, you know, 
All right, what what what's the stupider what's the stupider uh collectible? I I would think the replica ring. Yeah. You know, sir, the fifty grand. Uh you know, wait till the damn yeah. mint comes out with one. It's a damn replica. Yeah. I see people walking around with Super Bowl uh, you know, New York Giants rings, and they got for uh, two, three hundred dollars from the Dan Barry Mint. It's a replica. That's all. Exactly. That's ridiculous. Yeah, fifty thousand. Wow. You no, know, that you're, you're talking about that, and you're talking about Honus Wagon. Just, you know, it's not even comparison. If it was Louis Gonzalez, not not Louis Gonzalez, whoever won it in in, in that year, the uh, was it the Diamondbacks in uh, two thousand nine? No, it was. Uh, I can't remember who it was now. Anyway, I don't remember. Either. If it was one of the top players' rings from that World Series win, um, I can keep coming rock fifty grand on it, but I still think that would even be a lot because we saw a lot of World Series rings from finer players go for a lot less on the auction block. So then you're talking about something a little bit different. We're talking about a damn replica. I mean, that's ridiculous. Yeah, exactly. That's not stupid. All right, man, let's get into a little NBA, um, one of the biggest games from yesterday we'll talk about here. Uh, Let me jump in here real quick, because we've got a big game tonight, Jonathan. We do. Yes, we have a, a talking round ball. Yes. Uh, I think we missed this one, because we were going we to hit it. And you're, yeah, go ahead. <laughs> but we have a big, big championship game coming up tonight, and that's the conclusion now of the uh, NCAA tournament. Uh, the final four games were played on Saturday, number nine, Wichita State. Uh, went up against Louisville. Louisville uh, came out and won that, 72 to 68. And then, of course, we had two, <laughs> excuse me, number fours, uh, Syracuse and, and um, the Michigan Wolverines. Michigan won that one, 61 to 56, which now has set it up for tonight's, uh, and I believe it's a nine o'clock tip-off on CBS. Uh, it sets it up for the number one Louisville team to go up against now the number four uh, Michigan Wolverines. Yeah. Uh, I, you know, I, I'd love to hear what people have to think or thought specifically about the Louisville-Wichita State game, which was, in my opinion, incredibly close. Uh, and, in fact, I don't think the score really even resembles, uh, you know, and some people would look at it and go, well, okay, it's a four-point difference, so uh, that is close. But I think it was actually even closer than the four points. Because at one point throughout, and, and I'm going to tell you right now, throughout the entire first half of this game, Wichita State was in complete control of this game and had a 12-point lead on uh, Louisville uh, at, at one particular time. And I really, really thought that Wichita was going to, you know, pardon the pun, that they were going to shock them. Yeah. Um, and, I, and personally, I, I'm going to tell you, if Louisville comes out and plays like they did on Saturday uh, against Michigan, they're going to lose. You know, everybody, everybody, I've heard a lot of talking heads in the past few days Oh, this is an automatic. Louisville wins this, you know, uh, just bank it right now. It's over with. Louisville wins the tournament. I wouldn't be so quick to guess that. And and frankly, going into Saturday's game against Wichita State, I even said right here on this radio network on Saturday afternoon, I said on the Frat House Saturday program, it would not surprise me in the least if Wichita State were to shock Louisville and win. Mm-hmm. And they almost did. So uh, you've got a very, very, very interesting matchup coming up tonight at 9 p.m. Uh, with Louisville and with Michigan, and I do not think it's an automatic that Louisville wins it. Well, we'll see what happens, man. I know my bracket's been busted for uh, about a week oh, yeah. now, so oh, absolutely. I haven't even looked at it, man. Yeah, well, you know, I, I said on, on Friday House Saturday, I said I think mine's already in the fireplace. But, uh, and, and you know, it, it, with all due respect, I'll be honest with you, it actually makes now that I'm completely out of the bracket. It actually makes watching the tournament a little bit more, a little more enjoyable, 
because I don't have anything necessarily to root for. Yeah. So you you have a tendency to be a little more balanced in your analysis. Yeah. Uh, uh, I, you know, I guess if I were a betting person, which I guess I could be, uh, I, I would, uh, you know, if somebody said to me, okay, we're, we're going to bet on this game for tonight. Uh, I would bet on Louisville, but uh, I'd love to see the line on it. I'm going to tell you right now, it's going to be close. Yeah, definitely going to be close. Um, all right, let's talk a little uh, professional basketball, though, now. Uh, last night's game, uh, Knicks and Thunder. Big, big game, Mike. Uh, Knicks were on an 11-game win streak, trying to make it 12 against the powerhouse Oklahoma City Thunder. And they did. They are now on a 12-game win streak with a 125-120 win over OKC. And, uh, it, you know, right now it just looks like uh, Carmelo Anthony is in a world of his own, Mike, with a 36-point, 12-rebound effort over the uh, Oklahoma City Thunder, and you got to look at it this way: with uh, besides Tyson Chandler and Steve Novak, they had nobody over six nine on their team. The yeah, Knicks, yeah, yeah. a lot of injuries right now, and uh, luckily for them, they were able to get twenty two points um, from J.R. Smith, fourteen points from Jason Kidd, and thirteen points from Chris Copeland off the bench, mm-hmm. as well as uh, fifteen and sixteen from Chandler and Felton, respectively. So, big, big win for them. Twelve game win streak right before the playoffs, Mike. Huge. Yeah, I think the thing, the thing too, that it's kind of a, a bit surprising to me um, as we wind down, really, we're winding down the end of the season here. Um, they're in second place in yes. the uh, in the Eastern Conference. Yes. So it's sitting in a nice, nice position going into the playoffs. Yes. I, I got to be honest, Jonathan, and, and I think you would be, I think you would probably agree with me. I think if we went and pulled tape from the beginning of this season, right from this program, I don't think either one of us would have expected that they'd be in the position they are. No. I don't think either one of us are surprised that they're going to the playoffs. No, no. But to no, me, we said the that would be going, yeah, we, said we, we, we both said that they would definitely most likely make the playoffs, but we were thinking around probably that 5, 6, 7, four, 8. Four, four, five, six, somewhere yeah. in there. And uh, listen, 50 games, you know, 50 wins, 26 losses for the Knicks. Uh, I'm happy. I'm ecstatic. Huge Knicks fan. I love it. Good for them. Right now, if the playoffs were to start today, they would be playing the Boston Celtics. Right. I like that matchup. Um, Let's look at some of the other matchups if it were to end today. We would have Milwaukee and Miami going at it. New York, Boston, Atlanta, Indiana, Brooklyn, Chicago over out in the West. Lakers out of the playoffs right now. So it would be Utah, San Antonio. Houston, OKC, Denver, Golden State, Clippers, Memphis Grizzlies, Mike. Yeah, that's a little bit, a uh, little bit surprising there. I, I, I don't know what you've got on that, uh, Jonathan. Is that going to change? It could. There's still some games left. Uh, yeah, I mean, Utah's, there's about six games, six games remaining, I think, in the season thereabouts. Yeah, you, you, Utah's playing some good ball right now, so it, it, it may very well come down to that last game of the season, Mike. Yeah, it could. I, you know. Uh, wondering what the Lakers' remaining schedule looks like. Well, they actually get an easy one tonight, but it is the Lakers, so it may not be easy for them. Um, their next game is tonight against the New Orleans Hornets. Okay. Uh, luckily for the Lakers, the Utah Jazz are playing the Oklahoma City Thunder. Ah. Now, next five games for the Lakers is the New Orleans Hornets, the Trailblazers, Three tough big matchups against the Warriors, Spurs, and Houston Rockets for them. Whoa! For the Utah Jazz, though, um, let me just take a look real quick at their schedule here. I know they play Oklahoma City Thunder tonight, but in their last 
four matchups, Mike. They only play right after OKC tonight. They play Minnesota back to back and Memphis. Oh boy. I think they got a much easier schedule than the Lakers. But I would agree. It, it could come down to that last game for this last playoff spot. Yeah, I would agree with you. Ooh. Let's look at some of the games tonight. We have a first-round uh, preview tonight between the Heat and Bucks playing. That's going to uh, turn some heads and show some people what to expect from this matchup, Mike. Um, let's see where else we got going here. Other than that, Jazz and Thunder is going to be a big matchup. Lakers and Hornets are going to be a big matchup. That's really about it. Knicks could go for 13 games tonight against the Washington Wizards. I see them hitting 13 tonight, Mike. So mm-hmm. let's see what happens there. Um, NHL update. Let's look at it here. Uh, yesterday we had the Chicago Blackhawks and the Pittsburgh Penguins clinching their playoff spots, uh, both number one in the Western and Eastern uh, conferences, respectively. If the playoffs started today, Mike, New York Islanders versus Pittsburgh in round one. Rangers in Montreal, which I'm not happy about. Washington, Ottawa, Boston, Toronto out in the east. In the west, we would have Chicago, Detroit. Detroit in that eighth spot. I don't think I've ever remember seeing Detroit in the eighth spot of the Western Conference. Right. So used to seeing them between one and three. It's yeah, I agree with you. Crazy. Uh, so it would be Chicago, Detroit, St. Louis, Anaheim, Vancouver, Minnesota, San Jose, Los Angeles. I gotta say, man, it's uh, it's gonna be a real interesting NHL playoffs this year, Mike. Well, Boston, Toronto is fascinating. Yes. Uh, Rangers as well. Yeah, I, I would agree that that Rangers, a Rangers, uh, Rangers Montreal series could really, really be uh, fascinating. Uh, those would be the two, I think, the, of the of the matchups you just talked about there. I think those would be the two most fascinating in the East. Um, I'm just looking over the West real quick after you had reported them. Um, uh, Los Angeles San Jose would be would be an interesting uh, would be an interesting matchup as well. I think all the others would pretty much go to chalk. That's that's my that's my sense on it. Yeah. Well, let me tell you right now too. I I, I honestly believe because we've seen them have the, the 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 Penguins number in the past. Um, you know, Islanders and Pittsburgh could be a real exciting series. Believe it or not. Would it go seven games? I don't think so. Um, uh, it could be either a quick series or it could go to about five or six, but. You know, it's it's going to be exciting. I mean, I'll, I, listen, they're without Crosby. He might not play. Right. It got some big names, but they got slower names. Now you're going up against a younger, youthful, fast team. And I'm not saying that the Islanders are going to beat the Pittsburgh Penguins. But I'm saying that the Islanders could actually have a chance to really make a series out of this, Mike. Uh, I, I don't see it happening. Uh, I, I frankly think it would be a very, very quick series. That's my that's my personal read on that one. I don't think so. I'm, I, I, I see it actually going five. I, I see it actually going five or six. I think the Islanders can make a series out of it. So, and remember the Islanders and even H two O Willie just said it in the room. Islanders are awesome on the road. So. Mm. Yes. I okay. Yeah, I see that. I see the the road record, but uh, I, I still, I, I, I don't know. I think Pittsburgh's just got way too much. I'm um, not sure how many um, wins that they have against the Pittsburgh Penguins this year, but I I, I could have swore that they had a couple. So I'm trying to look them up right now so we can see exactly. Yeah, they had a 4-1 win in January. They had a 4-2 loss in February. Uh, let's see. They had a loss in March. They had... Okay, so yeah, they won one out of the uh, three games or four games against Pittsburgh. So, 
see what happens, man. Yep. Interesting that the Islanders uh, are in that eight spot right now over uh, Winnipeg and Jersey. Winnipeg uh, dropped down real quick, so see what happens. I, that, that could uh, – yeah, that still has an opportunity to change, I yeah, think. It could change. Uh, some big games tonight. We have the uh, Rangers and Maple Leafs, as we talked. I, Oilers and Ducks. Uh, Bruins and Hurricanes as well. Uh, some big matches. Actually, Flames and Avalanche, Coyotes and Canucks. So we got five games on the bill. All good games tonight. Mm-hmm. Let's talk a um, little NFL, Mike. All righty. Let's talk Jets. Darrell Revis. Um been reading a lot of stuff over the last couple of days. Some fans, oh, poor Darrell Revis. The Jets are making him work out. It's be very, very awkward so he can get a $3 million. The Jets aren't making Darrell Revis work out. Yeah, the what a shame. What that, a shame. I really feel bad for the guy. Exactly. Darrell Revis put his name and agreed to a legal binding contract. And the terminology in this contract stated that to get your $3 million bonus – you would need to come to off-season workouts. So for the people who don't have a clue, don't know how to read, or just are just fanboys of Darrell Rivas, and I'm a big Darrell Rivas fan. I am a huge Jets fan. I hate what's going on with this team and Darrell Rivas right now. But listen, Darrell Rivas has held out from the Jets and made the Jets sweat before. Yeah. Start making Darrell Rivas sweat now because he signed and agreed to a contract. Yeah. All this guy needs to do is show up and work out, and he's going to walk away with another $3 million from the Jets. I can't understand why anyone, who, I can't understand why anyone, fans or otherwise, would be sitting around bemoaning or, 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 or coddling, feeling poorly for this guy. Are you serious? Yeah. That doesn't make any damn sense to me. Yeah. When, when, listen, when he renegotiated his contract back in 2010, he agreed to a clause that requires his attendance in all off-season activities. Even the non-mandatory ones. Well, there you have it. What do you feel bad for? I mean, him and his agent agreed to this contract. I don't feel bad for Darrell Rivas. He's no, you know, no. especially with his holdouts. The guy is a diva. Uh, I'm, I, you know, I like Darrell Rivas. I think the Jets and Darrell Rivas go good together. But unfortunately, there's so much animosity there. I, I, you know, it's just you know what you can't fix it now. You know, that's what I'm saying. I mean. You know, I I don't understand why anyone, fan or otherwise, would be sitting around or making statements to the effect of, "Oh, I can't believe what the team is doing to this guy." Yeah. What? What? Seriously? No. Over at uh, ESPN New York, just reading this a little while ago, um, they're saying if Revis doesn't participate in eighty percent of the workouts, he will forfeit a one million dollar workout bonus a $1 million roster bonus, and a $1 million reporting bonus at the start of training camp. Oh, okay. So, there you go. And as you point out, as you point out, that's what he signed, that's what he agreed to do, well, then that's what you got to do. There it is. Listen, I don't feel bad for these players. No. I'm tired of these people agreeing to contracts and then trying to sit out and get a different contract on top of it. Play out your damn contract. If they want to give you an extension, you talk about an extension. Stop trying to... Totally get rid of the contract you signed and put a different contract in its place. I think it's ridiculous. You know? You know, it it doesn't work that – you know, I don't understand why certain things are allowed to happen when we're talking about things like sports. Yeah. Why does that happen? Why does that happen? How can that happen? Why is it acceptable in sports but it's not acceptable in other places? I don't know. But you know what? I I don't get it. It's Listen, I – but who do you blame? Who do you blame? You know, 
uh, you know what? You you have to blame the owners. You have to blame the NFL. You have to blame the Players Association. You have to blame the players themselves. You have to blame everybody. There's just not one person to point your finger at. Well, you blame you blame the management of the teams who are who are, who are as as the word I just used who are coddling to, yeah, uh, or who are you know open to. Uh, you know, renegotiating things and saying, "Oh, okay, now hold on, you know, back off, back off. Well, let's, let's talk about this." You know, my my, my response to that is BS. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Though. You, you know, you know, even with Revis' <laughs> last sit out, you got a contract. That's what it's all about. Yeah, listen, you play your contract. When Revis had the last time, just because oh, I play better than the contract I signed. Well, guess what? You agreed to your contract. Take the court. Yeah, that's what happened in the real world. Yeah. You know what the judge? You know what the judge would laugh. Don't fulfill your contract, you get pulled into court. I, I feel bad for you guys making a few million dollars. You know, oh, you need more millions of dollars. Let's, you know. Yeah, really. No, no, no sympathy from me. Yeah. None. I don't know, man. I don't know. I tell you, it's 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 just ridiculous the whole thing. But anyway, let's talk a little bit about the uh, trade now too, because we got some. Uh, News over here as well that the uh, Tampa Bay Bucks are growing impatient with the Jets over the uh, trade for Darrell Revis. Jason Cole of Yahoo Sports uh, reporting that the Buccaneers uh, are not only willing to trade a combination of first, third, and sixth round picks for Revis, they're also willing to pay him in the uh, corner, uh, you know, in the area of fifteen to sixteen million dollars per year. So, okay, and uh, that it's a valid, uh, it's a valid complaint. Um. I, I got to ask, what in the world? I mean, what's going on here? Uh, uh, are the Jets teasing? What? I don't get this. What in the world? You know, I don't blame. I don't blame the Bucks for for getting impatient. You know, you know, give it, give us a damn answer. What's going on? You know, are you going to move the guy or aren't you? Hey, listen. You know, if you're going to get a first, uh, third, and sixth round pick out of him, uh, you, are you know, that's more than what, you know most people thought you were going to get for him right now, anyway. So. Exactly. The offer here is very, very fair. Just give us, just give us a damn answer. What's going on? I mean, I don't, you know, I don't know what's what's your thinking on this. This is your team, and this is your guy. I just, you know what, man, the guy, you know what, man, they don't want him. It seems, and he doesn't want to be here. Just straight him. I mean, so what, what? What's the delay here? I I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I, I really don't know. I'm not entirely sure exactly what's going on with the uh, Revis situation. There's not a lot of things leaking out from the Jets camp. There's not a lot leaking out from Revis's camp, which I'm shocked because usually his agent uh, leaks out a lot of different things. So there's really nothing going on. So I mean, it, 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 this is a fair offer, would you not say? I would take it. Yeah, I would take it. They don't want him. I mean, you know. Who else? I mean, listen. I know exactly what they want. They want this year's first round pick from the Bucks. They're not going to get it. The Bucks are adamant on it. I guess, you know. I guess they think if they hold out long enough, that the Bucks are going to say, okay, well, we'll do it. No, because you know what? There's, you know, there's some good picks in this year's NFL draft from the defensive spots. You're not getting it from the Bucks. You're not getting it from any other team. Period. It's not going to happen. No, take you know, take next year's first. You know, just because they're going to have Revis, you know, this year, the Bucks does not mean that their pick is going to be a bad pick next year. Exactly. You know, who knows? The Jets pick might even be worse than the pick that they're getting back, and they still might have a top ten pick. So, I don't know. We'll see what happens with that. But anyway, let's go um, into a little bit of stuff here. We have uh, 20 minutes left in the show, Mike. And uh, let's talk about this. A few weeks ago, we had on Joe Unitas, the son of Johnny Unitas, and Chris Braun, the producers of uh, Unitas We Stand, a movie being made about the uh, career and life, of, I, I, I guess you could say, of legendary quarterback Johnny Unitas off of a book that was written. Yes. 
Um, on Saturday, uh, we heard that uh, Joe Flacco, uh, Baltimore Ravens quarterback, was going to be portraying Johnny Unitas in the movie uh, during the uh, championship series that they're uh, really basing this on, this movie. Right. Um, we spoke to Joe. We spoke to Chris. Very nice guys. And, uh, you know, it was, it, was, it was a pleasure to interview them and get their uh, – you know, uh, information on this movie. But then all of a sudden, uh, you know, some stuff started to float out here on Sunday um, from John Unitas Jr. as well as John's son, JC, um, some comments about the decision to portray Flacco in this movie as uh, Johnny Unitas. And uh, I'm just going to throw out these comments, Mike, first, and then uh, you let me know what you think. Um Johnny Unitas' grandson, J.C. Uh, Unitas, wrote on Facebook, uh, If you want a real movie, hire a real actor. My grandfather and his legacy deserves only the best, and this is not it. Has Baltimore forgotten that Trent Dilfer also won a Super Bowl while playing for Baltimore? Uh, Joe Uni- uh, John Unitas also said, If you want a quarterback, go with Peyton Manning. My father was just like that. This is a joke. Now, there's a, a little bit of animosity between... The two siblings, they asked John Unitas about his brother, uh, you know, his uh, relationship with his brother Joe. And uh, the comments there um, really wasn't that uh, good, but, I'm, but, you know, but I am going to, you know, read them off to everybody right now. Uh, he said, it's awful. The guy's a turd. He never talked to me. He never talked to any of the first five children because John Unitas was married twice. He's a guy that's just making money off of my father. He says they're doing anything uh, they're trying to do anything on the coattails of my father's name. It's like prostituting yourself. My father would have nothing to do with it. It makes me angry, but there's nothing I can do about it until they slip up. If they start selling some things with Johnny Unitas on it, then I can have legal recourse. Uh, JC came back out to say that it disgusts me that one of the sons of my grandfather would put his hands out and ask for donations to make a movie based off of a book that was mostly built off of non-factual events in my grandfather's life. Moreover, a movie of my grandfather conceptualized by a son who never saw my grandfather play a down of football. The Unitas family is a family that has never asked for handouts, although it appears there is a handout shaking a proverbial soup can for money to fund this movie. Mike, you read the comments. Uh, We had the pleasure to speak to Joe Unitas and uh, Chris Braun about the movie. Um, What did you think of all this coming out? Well, I mean, uh, here we are. Uh, we're, we're we're getting played out for us in the media, uh, a basically an internal family squabble. Yeah. I mean, that's what this is. Make no mistake. Absolutely. Um, the underlying uh, the underlying issues here are are not in. And I, you tell me what you think on this, but this is just my gut feeling. Um, the the the, the big issue here is not who's going to play. Unitas. All right. Yeah. This is not an issue about Joe Flacco. Uh, the bigger issues are the comments, as you just read there, uh, Jonathan, from uh, Unitas' son uh, and grandson. That, 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 that's, that's the issues. Yeah. The issues are that they were not asked, that they were not included in the process. You know, that's what this is all about. The whole issue with regard to, you know, uh, get yourself a real actor uh, you know, it should have been uh, it should have been Peyton Manning. This is ludicrous. I don't think it makes one bit of difference. I mean, and you tell me what you think. I don't think it makes one bit of difference who the hell it is. Yeah. I mean, seriously. Exactly. You know, um, I think in many respects the fact that it is Flacco, I would think, 
would make the movie a lot more attractive, particularly to the, that enormous fan base down there in Baltimore. Uh, so, but I don't think that that's the issue at all, and I think that to bring Joe Flacco into the whole issue and to malign him over this whole issue, I think it's incorrect. Uh, because I, as I just pointed out, I don't think it makes any difference at all. Look, bottom line is this. That side of the family, I think, is going to dispute whoever is going to play United. That's mm-hmm. what it comes down to. They could, they could have said that it's going to be Peyton Manning. And you know what we, we, we'd be reading right now? We'd be reading from them that it should be Joe Flacco. <laughs> yeah. Well, the, the bigger issues are the things that were actually – that you actually read after the fact. All of those underlying issues – and this is this is a situation we've seen it before. Uh, we've probably many of us have probably experienced it even in our own families, where you get one side squabbling against another, and that's what this is all about. Yeah, yeah. But you know what? We have to look at you know say this too that Joe Flacco is not going to be the actual actor. Correct. He's just going to be the guy under the helmet. For tra- under the helmet for the championship game. Correct. That's all it is. It's simply the field. It's simply the field footage. Yeah. Now, you know, they, I mean, for for some reason, the choice of Flacco really just – I mean, because we didn't hear nothing about this. No, we didn't know it. They, in fact – Nothing know, ever if, leaked out. If, In fact, if I'm not mistaken, Jonathan, if I recall correctly, I think we asked during that interview. Who yes, I yes because, because they spoke to Drew Brees. Correct. They wanted to have Drew Brees uh, portray uh, Johnny Unitas in the movie, but unfortunately with – uh, you know, Sean Payton coming back and everything, Drew Brees had to basically decline and say, hey, listen, you know what, man, it's going to be a real busy um, off season down here in New Orleans. I'm just not going to have any time because we have a lot of things to go over down here. Right. Um, we we did ask about who else you would be talking to. He said they were talking to a couple of names. Right. But they, um, did, not, they did not give us any indication as to who those were. No. The only name that, as you pointed out, the only name that was specifically mentioned was Drew Brees, and that Drew Brees was off the list. Yes, there was no other names. There was no mention of anybody even coming from Baltimore. Right. Or a former Raven or a former Brown, whatever, uh, excuse me, uh, you know, a former Colt to be doing this movie. Um, it, you know, now let me ask you this. We know Johnny Unitas is a legend down in Baltimore. Mm-hmm. Was the choice of Flacco, you think, strictly just PR? Um, I you know I don't know. Um, you know I I'll be honest with you when it when it when it because from you know what because from what you hear from the way Johnny and I played and from footage we seen Mike, you got to look at it. Him and Flacco are two totally different players. Yeah, but how much footage are we actually talking about? That, that, see, that's the whole thing. We, you know, we don't have the storyboard. We don't know how much footage. No, but talking. from the footage we've seen of Johnny Unitas playing, you know, him and Joe Flacco are two totally different quarterbacks. You know, I, I, I can see a resent. I, it's I actually, great comparison because you know it's you know that's been going on for many many years, and they've locked up footage of both Breeze and Unitas together, and you could see the similarities in play there. You know, yeah. yeah. So now let's take it from that standpoint. Look at the comparison between Drew Brees, because we've seen a lot of Drew Brees, and Joe Flacco, you know? Could Joe Flacco play Drew Brees in a movie? No. 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 Two totally different styles. Correct. Yeah. But now, can you put Peyton Manning with Drew Brees there? Because they said something about Peyton Manning doing it. I don't know. I mean, you know, do you see that kind of a similarity between Peyton Manning and Drew Brees? Oh, because I think Drew Brees I don't is- either, right. Quarterback, so it's you know yeah, they're so, uh, it, it, smaller it, 
their quarterbacks. I, you know, my, this is my point, though. This is my, this is where I was going with it originally. I, I don't think it makes any damn difference who the hell they get to play under the helmet. I mean, get that one straight. Uh, it doesn't make any difference. I I I, I can understand. I can understand why Flacco was chosen. I, 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 and when, when the report first came out, I'm going to be honest with you, my first reaction was, oh, okay, they're picking him because it's Baltimore. That's exactly what I said. That, that, that's, that, that was my immediate reaction. Yes. Uh, and it doesn't hurt the fact that the guy just won, you know, the Super Bowl. Yes. I mean, that doesn't hurt as much. Oh, no, it's all the publicity and the PR. Exactly. It's great for the movie, you know, no doubt about it, you know. MVP, all that kind of stuff. I mean, yeah. So it, 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 didn't, it didn't surprise me. But, again, I, I don't think it's an issue. I really don't. I don't think it makes any difference who you get. You know, we're talking about, we're talking about field footage here of which, you know, I don't know how much time is there really going to be in that. Yeah. You know, if you recall back to what uh, uh, Joe told us in the, uh, uh, in the interview, he said that it, there would be a number of different people that would play his father. Mm-hmm. That it would actually follow his life up to that game. That's yes. what it was going to go to. Yes, but more so that, like, at that period of time, you'll probably see the actor the most. Right. Now, yeah. that means we're going to follow We're going to follow a young, uh, probably childhood, uh, Johnny Unitas, all through his, uh, you know, all, all the way up through his adulthood. All right? So the only footage I would venture a bet that we are actually talking about, that Flacco is actually going to play, would be that one final game. That's going to be it. That would be my guess. Yeah. Because a lot of this movie is really going to be about the life of leading up to that point. So, I, I, you, know, you know, what we've got here is we've got an internal family squabble. That's what it is. Yeah. And, and it, it, in some respects, it's kind of unfortunate. Um, you know, we're being pulled into it. Uh, as as you know, a, a a a community looking in on the situation. Yes, well, of course, absolutely. You know, um, you know, it's it's kind of a shame. I I, I don't know where else to go with it. I you know what I would just like to know why it came out now. Number one, number two, why did the choice of Joe Flacco light this fuse? Spark it, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you know, um, it's 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 really questionable, Mike. Why? The choice of Joe Flacco. I mean, but who knows? You know, once again, JC and uh, John Unitas Jr. could have been speaking out about this via their Facebooks or Twitter, you know, months ago. True. And of course, because now this is all built around Joe Flacco, that's when the bigger media members start to gum out and get all of this stuff. Well, it's getting ink everywhere. I mean, yeah. you and I have seen it explode over the past weekend. Yeah. I mean, it's getting ink everywhere. It's gotten ink on uh, ESPN. It's gotten ink on uh, Pro Football Talk. It's getting ink out in, uh, you know, Los Angeles, in the newspapers there, Baltimore, uh, New York. <sighs> so that's why that's why suddenly, you know, uh, that's why I think it was sparked. It was sparked because of the fact it's become the hot story. Yeah, and, You know, we're not talking about we're not talking about a a backup quarterback that nobody knows the name of. You know, from the Minnesota Vikings. It's not. We're talking about. This year's Super Bowl MVP. Yeah. So that's why it's getting, you know, it, it suddenly has sparked it, I think. Yeah. Well, let me ask you this, because from what we're, you know, looking at it, it, it seems Joe Unitas didn't talk to the first five children of Johnny Unitas. Uh, that surprised me, actually. John Jr. being the first one, because John Jr. was able to watch his father play football. Mm-hmm. 
Um, wouldn't that be the person you would want to go to to say, hey, listen, you know, what what's wrong from this book? What's right from this book? What can we put into this movie as a family? Yep. To portray the image of our father the correct way. Yes, you would think. However, uh, in doing the research that I did prior to having Joe on, uh, and also uh, a sense that I got from that interview, Jonathan, was that due to the breakup of the family, there was I, – I definitely got the sense of retention. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't know. We, we, we definitely um, – we were actually talking about reaching out and speaking to John Unitas Jr. over the Golden Arm Award – so we can talk about um, you know some of the past winners and uh, the legacy that John Unitas left there with the Golden Arm Award. But uh, you know if uh, we can get him on, we'd like to ask him uh, you know what was not right in the book that you know he didn't I, want to see his father portrayed in in the, in the movie. Correct. Uh, that that is one particular issue I would like to see addressed because apparently, uh, as you read there, the comments were that the book was filled with uh, you know. Uh, what was the word that was used, uh, Jonathan? That it was inaccurate, right? That yes, inaccurate it, it was. It was uh, non-factual stuff in, inside the you know the actual book. So yeah, it, I, it, yeah, it was inaccurate. Like, saying, so. I, I mean, let's not forget the book's been out for a while. You could have made that claim a while ago. So oh yeah, absolutely. Why are we making that claim now? I mean, you know what? They they very well could have. You know who knows? I mean, uh, you know this is something that uh, we're coming up on. Um, you know, especially with this movie now, it's such a hot um, item right now that it's it's just really taking her. It, it actually it was released in 2007. The book five, that's five six years. Yes, so it was released five five years after Johnny Unitas passed away. So unfortunately, Johnny Unitas wasn't here to read the book and say, oh, you know, what this is bull. So. Sure, but there's a, but now we got family members coming out five six years after the fact and saying, okay, uh, the book's inaccurate. I, who knows? See, Maybe they not, said something in the past, but then again, you know, at that time, who cared? You know what I mean? Is, this is yeah, but this now we have a Super Bowl Mega Million MVP associated with this movie. Now we're hearing things. That's what I'm wondering, Mike. Is it because Joe Flacco was picked to be in this movie now, and he just came off of a Super Bowl win, Super Bowl MVP, that big contract? Is this why people are taking notice and the media is taking notice to the story now? Um. Well, it's impossible. Okay, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Is 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 the media creating the story? No, no, no. I don't no, think no. the media is creating. I'm saying the media is reporting the story. J.C. Unitas, he spoke out on his Facebook. Correct. Somehow it happened after Flacco was associated with this movie. I'm right. Saying. And they were able to grab it and run with a story based on what J.C. Unitas said on Sunday. Correct. Was J.C. Unitas saying something on Friday, though? But because Joe Flacco wasn't associated with this movie, it just wasn't a good enough story for the media. You know what I mean? Yeah, okay. I got. I, that's, I follow it. That's I, what I'm wondering, because this book came out in 2007. Who knows how many copies of this book sold? Probably not many, Mike, because, you know... Sports books we see that you know sell a lot of copies. There's something big behind it that really makes it blow up. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, seriously, how many people actually ran out and bought Tom Callahan's book? You know what I mean? Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm going to tell you right now from what I from what I understand. I mean, I think it did fairly well. And 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 listen, I'm going to tell you right now too. We know that it moved in the Baltimore region. 
Oh yeah, well yeah, moved in a Baltimore region. I mean, I I, I read yeah, a lot of reviews on the book um, between Barnes and Noble and uh, Amazon.com. There was only like around 200 reviews on the book. So but there were such tremendous inaccuracies yeah. in this book. It would have been reported by some sharp uh, sports book reviewer. They're going to point this, these kinds of things out when the book first comes out. Now suddenly we're hearing that there's accusations being made that there's inaccuracies in the book. I, you know, I gotta be honest. I I I hesitate to go there. Yeah. Unless somebody can point something out to me directly. Well, see, that's I, where I, would, I would prefer. I would have preferred that if if United States Sun is going to make that accusation, then back it up. Yeah. I I'm actually I, I know and, and it's funny because I was reading some of the reviews before. Uh, you know, one of the reviews was that uh, the person was very disappointed. And he said the skipping of detail in favor of name dropping was prevalent. Huh. So. He said, I, uh, you know, I, I don't feel that the mentioning of Dan Marino in the first few chapters was relevant at all to the story of Johnny Unitas. So, you know, uh, I, I, I didn't have the chance to read the book, Mike. So, well, that's it. But see, to make the, that's not when you're talking about inaccuracies, you're talking about those things that are fact that are stated in the book as fact. Yes, and I'm sure Joe Unitas, uh, excuse me, John Unitas Jr. read this book. Mentioning somebody's name, yeah. okay, that's not that's not an inaccuracy. Oh, no, no, it might be that might be considered to being uh, you know uh, just inappropriate, but it's not an inaccuracy. This, this came from a a a an, an older football fan, a fan of the yeah, yeah. United. So there, there's way too much here, Jonathan, for me to be able to say one way or another. In other words, I guess my point is the water here is too muddy. Yeah. Well, when you start I'm, getting into when you start getting into uh, family squabbles, which, in my opinion, that's exactly what this is. is nobody's going to win. No. Nobody's going to win. Well, unfortunately, you know this. Uh, you know this is going to be one of the last things of the uh, legacy of the uh, United name. You know. You know. I, I listen. In light of the fact that you know we did have uh, one of the sons on, um, and we did get close to this project from that respect. Absolutely. I would like to hear from the other side. Oh no, absolutely. Listen, you know, you know uh, that's that's not us uh, taking sides. Uh, you know, we no. still see this movie when it comes out, and we'll still talk about this movie, no doubt about it. But you know, we just want to, uh, you know, as uh, you know, reporters ourselves off of the radio. Uh, you know, it's uh, our job to look into this kind of stuff that uh, really catches our eye. So absolutely. You know, like I said, we uh, reached out to uh, John Jr. and uh, hopefully we'll have him on. Not only like. Also to talk about uh, the Golden Arm Award, and uh, you know, so we can find out some uh, history on the award itself. So, yep, yep. All right, Mike, that's it for today's show. Uh, just want to let everybody know, Wrestle Chat Radio uh, tomorrow night, 9 p.m. to 10 p.m. There you uh, go. Um, no guests, but we will have the fallout from WrestleMania and tonight's Raw. Our very own Brett Clint Daniel over at Wrestle Chat and Wrestle Chat Radio was at WrestleMania all weekend, so we're going to hear some uh, firsthand stories from him, and uh, he got to meet a lot of. Good in the that back. would be interesting. That would be interesting. It's it's it, it did not get very good reviews from what I've heard so far today. Uh, it, it didn't, but you know, it's 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 being there is uh, bigger than anything. So. I agree. I agree. The book's listing, Mike. Um, so yeah, once again, uh, you know, as if you can, FridayHouseSports.net, FanJunkies.net. Head over to both for FanJunkies. Sign up. It's free. Check it out. Great stuff. Um, so yeah. I want to thank everybody for tuning in. Get out there. Enjoy this beautiful, beautiful day. And uh, we'll see you all tomorrow for Wrestle Chat Radio and then on Wednesday for Fan Junkies Radio. So from Mike McShane, I'm Jonathan Ragus. See you all tomorrow night. Have a wonderful one.